1: Episode of Wookiee Radio. It is as uh, so aptly named by Ken. It's the Smugglers. Smugglers Three. How's everyone doing? Good. As I catch you Patrick. in mid drink.
2: <laughs> 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 See, I, could I don't even work. know where that name came from. I was just writing up the show notes, and it's like, hey, let's try to make this interesting. Here we go.
1: Yeah, it works. Oh, it, it works really well. Now, mm-hmm. oh, who, who you now? The, the challenge is, uh, I think we laid it down on on Weeby Geeks. The nickname for us over there, has got to come from show notes, because that's how Intrepid Trio came about. That's now how Smugglers 3 came about. <laughs>
2: yeah. It
1: came from show notes. I mean, well, that's we'll, where
2: um, we'll, we'll everyone, take, uh Go
1: ahead. I said We'll take listener considerations, but that, that's always... a
2: Show notes. Yeah. No, sorry, but, Mike. Go ahead.
1: No, but show notes is usually where, where that type of magic happens
2: over on superpowers dc superpowers that's where rars came from too we're the dynamic dynamic duel of junior justice leaders <laughs> it came out of the show notes same thing
1: see now now the challenge is on for you derek with with keepers <laughs> well since yeah,
2: see, yeah go ahead derek because i think you're about to say the same thing i was <laughs>
0: since it's just me and chris that we kind of are the keepers
2: <laughs> yeah their show name is kind of who they are
0: yeah kind of
1: <laughs> the cave dwellers you, yourselves <laughs> <laughs> um tell you what you guys uh,
2: over weeping Geeks you guys could be hashtag jewelsless. <laughs> well no. last week we had jewels. Ah but so, not Brett.
1: So so Derek and I are wondering, are they one and the same?
2: <laughs> okay. That is a good question.
1: <laughs> As we
2: totally digress from star from Wookie Radio. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, why don't we get back on track then? (laughs) Start up with. Were we ever on track? Yeah. Probably not. (laughs) Us getting on track? Good luck. Yeah, really. I have a really bad feeling about this. Or from Gold Dome himself.
2: We're doomed. (laughs) That that, that was from before you even hit the record button. This is
1: true. How I feel before we hit the record button? Oh. door shutting so let's go ahead and get started that would also be
2: a good guillotine sound effect <laughs> true hit that one again and listen <laughs> yeah actually add a little bit of thump afterwards
1: pitch shift it down add a little add a little verb maybe a little delay It'd be a great add at stomp too yeah oh yeah sorry this audio engineer coming out anyhow there's some disney news and since one of the stories is speculation the other one's a press announcement um i'm stepping back off this one or at least that's right maybe part of the so ken i'll let you take the reins
2: yeah, well, before we even start on this first story, this is straight up possible spoilers for um, Star Wars Land and speculation about what's going to happen for the um, Force Awakens, or um, yeah, the Force Awakens, the Last Jedi. Now, this is pure speculation. This comes from Movie Web, not from us. Um, to, now that all the disclaimers are out there, it looks like Movie Web has uncovered a uh, possible um, details about the new um, what is it? Star Wars: The um, Galaxy's s- Edge.
1: Star Wars: Galaxy's Edge.
2: That, and it may possibly firming some rumors for the last Jedi it looks like Star Wars Galaxy's Edge they're actually so they're designing and putting in um, what a lot of fans and know as the force tree now innovative from rebels there's a couple of episodes and also from um, they're not rebels from the Clone Wars
1: Clone Wars there's season six yeah
2: where um, they're inside of this tree that basically is a living embodiment of the horse and um, according to the movie web here um, let me see where exactly it was here so I'm not reading the whole thing to you guys
1: well, uh-huh. I, I know we see the force tree in um in the last Yoda episode of that arc.
2: Yeah, right, oh, yeah. That- it was in front of my mind, because if I remember right, it's also in that, um, it's in one of the episodes of Forces of Destiny also. It has uh, Anakin and um, Yoda are talking in front of the tree waiting for Ahsoka. Possibly. Oh. In Ahsoka's episode. Either, yeah. yeah, they're standing in front of the Force tree.
1: I didn't well, even pick that up. Well, do, do we see the Force tree as well during the whole Ahsoka Trials thing at the end of season five? I don't remember.
2: I, I know, go back and rewatch those. I know I mean,
1: we see it in six. Because Yoda has the one vision, of course, Dooku is light side, not dark side, and Qui-Gon's there, and you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan, and they're all in front of the tree.
2: Yeah. Are they in front of the tree? Like I said, I'm going to have to go back and re-watch that. Well, have the listeners out there. Any listeners out there, um, you can answer this question for us. Let us know. Mike, what's that email? It's wookie at wookieradio.net.
1: Wookie at wookieradio.net. Or hit us up on the newly created Facebook group, Wookie Radio.
2: So, um, but according to the, the article here, um, a couple old friends are supposed to reunite with Luke Skywalker in the next chapter, um, of the Force Awakens saga, according to speculation, um, we may specifically be seeing Obi-Wan Kenobi and Qui-Gon, or er, um, Anakin Skywalker, though, um, we can, uh, wait, So are we going to hear them actually, or are we going to actually see them, or just hear their Force ghosts? Um, the next big reveal for this movie, um, comes from recently discovered intel on the Disney's Star Wars Land, which knows galaxy's edge um it's i guess fans who've been keeping up with rumors and other um anything possible on the internet know that uh the structure seen in the start the last shot of teaser was the force tree remember the bark with all the books in it um and it is where some of the old li- Jedi literature is kept. Now, Disney's um, Galaxy's Edge is getting their own horse Tree that adults can. Now, this is speculating. I don't know if it's mm. been- this is be confirmed or not. But they're building a Force Tree in the um, Galaxy's Edge. Adults can actually browse through different while well, kids are climbing on it. So it sounds like it's a type of playground area for adults and for kids. Mm. Uh, it says inside will be a wealth of Jedi knowledge. Um, the kind, according to this, the kind of which the kind of which Luke and the Porgs protect on too. Uh, More importantly, as guests make their way through the hollow tree, they will hear disembodied voices of Anakin, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Yoda. Neat. So that's what they're, I guess, supposed to be building at the parks. Now, some people believe this actually is confirmation that Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Yoda may actually appear to Luke in The Last Jedi. Um, Now, a lot of the rumors have been swirling around, especially since, remember, Hayden Christensen showed up at Celebration this year for the first year in, what, 10 or 11 years since he'd been there? Or more? Yeah. Um, Then it gets a little more interesting um, because we know Ewan McGregor for years has said he'd love to do Obi-Wan again and there were um, all kinds of rumors that Frank Oz was actually spotted in Ireland about the same time they were filming on Octu scenes.
1: Okay. Now, so
2: what's the chance now The well the speculation they give you here is that what's the chances that we're going to see an actual traditional Yoda puppet <laughs> um, like we did for the original Empire Strikes Back as a Force ghost?
1: It's a possibility. Now my my question is we, we've known the issues from Frank has had with doing the voice of Yoda. Yeah. Which has, between Yoda and I think, what was it, Grover, and a couple others from The Muppets, it was enough to essentially retire him from voice acting. Yeah. Which would you guys rather see? Frank do the puppeteering with the assistance of like Mike Quinn, who worked with him on Return, and have Tom Kane do the voice? Especially since they're going... With the possibility of you and McGregor as the young, as a younger force ghost. And then we get the younger Yoda voice.
2: I don't know. Um, personally, I don't. I don't mind if the puppet is replaced even with CG because if you um, as the difference between what we had with the really really bad CG Yoda from the original cut of the Phantom Menace and where we're at now CG, it's like the difference between the um, silent movies, black and white, and what we have now. Right. The technology has improved that much that we could actually have a CG Yoda on screen, and you would it'd be hard to tell the difference between him that, that him and then Empire Strikes Back Yoda at this point. Plus. So the CG, I'm not worried about if there's a puppet or not. The voice, I don't know. If Frank Oz could do it, it would be awesome. <sighs> If not, I don't mind Tom Kane doing it. Cause I, we've heard enough Tom Kane and actually Tom Kane has probably done. Now, some people are going to probably shoot me for saying this, but Tom Kane has probably spent more time in the voice of Yoda than, um, Frank Oz ever did Yeah, on screen. Mm, possibly. Just like how, um, James Arnold Taylor has spent more time in the head of Obi-Wan Kenobi than, um, Alec Guinness and Ewan McGregor both together. Yeah. The amount of time he spent in the Clone Wars doing the same character. I
0: think, I think for me, it all depends on what they're actually planning to do. Now, Now, if we're talking about having a Force Ghost Yoda, then I think CG would be fine for that, especially. Right. Um, That might even be better as CG. As far as the voice goes... That's a really tough call I guess it would I guess it would come down to how much how much Yoda will be speaking and how much Frank Oz could handle but sure. I would rather I would rather not I would I'd rather be- not see Frank Oz further hurt himself to do it either
1: I, I'd yeah. rather I'd rather err on the side of safety right well Personally. this also
2: brings up with you and Gregor possibly you and Gregor, to this if they're doing just voices uh, Luke's talking to disembodied voices right. like it did in um, a new Hope. Well, instead of you and McGregor, why don't they bring in either James Ono Taylor, who does a really good Alec Guinness, or Stephen Stanton, that we've had already um, do Alec Guinness, yeah, officially? Because if I remember, I Stephen Stanton's um, Obi Wan Kenobi was almost a dead on Alec Guinness, yeah. He's done it for, I believe, for a couple of video games, and he did it for um, Star Wars Rebels.
1: But the but the holocron was uh, James Arnold Taylor.
2: Yeah, well, that was supposed to be um, because the, the image in the holocron was supposed to, was Obi Wan Kenobi from the end of the Clone Wars. Correct. That's when it was recorded. Which I still think um, I think part of it was a ske- maybe a scheduling thing. The reason they didn't bring in um, Taylor to do Obi Wan for the uh, episodes of Rebels, because uh, from all I've heard, I've never heard do an older Obi Wan, but he I guess he does a really good Alec Guinness. And also,
1: yeah, I mean, he he's done it here at Star Wars weekends when when such a thing existed.
2: Yeah, I wish I would have got down to see that.
1: So, um,
2: but.
1: are we getting a Force Tree? Honestly, I don't know. Um, yeah, no, without going back and looking at the the models again uh, of the of the land. I don't remember seeing one in there.
2: Yeah. Well, I could see the way they're pr- proposing this, that it actually possibly, the with kids climbing on it, it sounds like, like I said, it sounds like they may be building a kid's playground with an adult interactive s- side of it also, so the parents could actually walk through and looking at um, Jedi information and listening to the voices of these famous Jedi while the kids are having time to play on the playground. Yeah. It sounds like it sounds reasonable, something that you would put into an amusement park.
1: Well, if, if that's the case, do we, you know, do we get Get Ewan McGregor to actually come in the studio and do voices for it. Do we get um, Liam Neeson? Do we get Samuel L. Jackson? I mean, what? I don't. Do we get the various actors who played um, the different Jedi from the series in or from the movies to do the voices for the trees? Movies and even Clone Wars.
2: I think that comes down to how much money the, the the mouse is willing to drop on this. Right, yeah. Because this would this really would take um, – each of them to do this would take about 15 minutes of their time to just stop by a studio, drop a couple lines, and move on.
1: Well, it depends on how ex- how extensive they get with it too. Yeah. And you know, are they willing to drop the money? Have you well, also, seen how long they spent on Avatar?
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, also, this you could all, very easily – Go through all the um, the eight or nine movies we have now, all the um, and all the episodes of Clone Wars Rebels, and just pull lines from those.
1: This is true too. Well,
2: I was just
0: thinking um, because of the the cartoons and everything. We've kind of become accustomed to having the different voice actors do the voices now. Yeah. So I think I think uh, I think a lot of people would accept that in the amusement park. You know, the the voice actors instead of the actual like Ewan McGregor and all that.
2: Yeah. Actually, I'll go one step farther. That I think um, a lot of the average amusement park going crowd won't even notice the difference. Okay. Well, oh yeah, I'm, exactly.
1: I'm, yeah. I'm going to correct you there on one thing. We're not an amusement park. theme park and there's a you know what I'm talking about though and there's a big difference
2: fine your average theme park going crowd the um the non the guys that are not hardcore Star Wars fans that are listening to podcasts like us right now and not talking about it all the time aren't going to notice the difference
0: this is true. Yeah, definitely.
2: Sometimes these guys are a good enough chameleon that you, I can't even tell the difference. Because some of these guys are brought in on regular regular movies to do ADR work when the regular actor's not there. Yeah. Or not able to come back in. And in the in the final cut of the movie, you can't tell the difference. They're that good. Yeah. Well, you said you've seen James Arnold Taylor down when he was down at Star Wars Weekends, right, Mike? Did you ever yes. watch his one-man show?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't That's, seen it. Live, but I've seen it on YouTube. Yeah, but I know that
2: last six seconds or whatever it is.
1: Yeah, I saw part of it at um, at Celebration five or, or I think it was Celebration six. He did he did it as well. Yeah, because that was I also like it. right before um, right before Clone Wars was canceled. But, I mean, it's out there on the internet. It's on yeah, YouTube. He,
2: well, he put it out. I think it's on his channel, too. Um, I be. think the one on the internet is only like 45 minutes long or so. But, um, Derek, it's definitely worth it, the time to sit down and while. It is amazing what he goes through and the amount of different characters he's done officially. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Like, I didn't know he's the voice. He's the current voice of Fred Flintstone. Really? Yeah. Huh.
1: yeah. He, he was um, Johnny... No, yeah, Johnny Test.
2: Yeah, he was Johnny Test. Am I right? Yeah, just about any time they've needed um, Michael J. Fox, then Michael J. Fox wasn't able to do it. You're hearing James Arnold Taylor. Interesting, though. So, yeah, it's amazing. And like in the last minute or two minutes of the show, I think it's the last minute because it's a 60 second thing that he does, doesn't it? No, he does like 110 characters in like 60 seconds or something like that, or in two minutes or something like that.
1: Oh wow, he's his one man, his one man show. It's almost I think it's an hour long show.
2: Yeah, but what well, he—I'm no, talking that lat, the oh, what he finishes it off with.
1: Yeah, it's like a minute or two minutes.
2: Yeah, the grand finale—it is amazing.
1: Mm. It, like, check that out. That sounds cool. It, it's, it's like hearing uh, Tara Strong do her stuff. I when we yeah. or it'd be like. <laughs> When 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 Tara Strong at MegaCon 2013, or Zoe was two, she said hello. I mean, in a minute straight, she probably said hello to Zoe in at least sixty different voices. Yeah, and it was just insane.
2: It's like something you'd expect, like out of like a Mel Blanc back in the day. Yeah, Yeah. it's like you know, most people don't realize that almost all the Looney Tunes, other than a handful of them, were all the same guy. Yep, yep. So, but that's the speculation on there. What's gonna ha- What's really gonna happen? We'll find out. Um, one, we'll find out the movie stuff here on December fifteenth, and the um, the import stuff we'll find out in twenty nineteen. Well, I'm, I can't wait.
1: I, I would hope there there gets to be a little bit more that comes out um, between now and then. A little bit more leaks. Well, yeah, or planned well, leaks.
2: We'll, they'll yeah they'll have. Well, yeah, I've Mike. Okay,
1: not nah. okay. Maybe it leaks
2: jumps in, huh?
1: <laughs> okay, maybe leaks is the wrong word when more official announcements are made
2: yeah yeah. well for me being an old school wrestling fan I, I still look at it fully that you know what there are no leaks everything you see on the internet has been approved by somebody whether it just depends on what source they hand it to is whether or not yeah. it looks like it's official I think some of the stuff is leaked just to see what the reaction is test the market yeah that's the that's the old school wrestling conspiracy theorist in me <laughs> but the other um, news we have out of the parks is official this was from the StarWars.com um, website Star Wars Secrets of the Empire hyper Reality experience coming this holiday season. So this one I am going to read straight off of here because it's basically the press release. It says Lucasfilm, ILM X Lab, and The Void today announced a new hyper reality experience called Star Wars of the Empire, which promises to plunge fans into the Star Wars universe uh, created by ILM X Lab, IL- I- Lucasfilm's immersive entertainment division, in collaboration with The Void. It will open to the public at two new Void Experience centers at Downtown Disney at Disneyland Resort and Disney springs at walt disney world or the walt disney world resort resort ah excuse me beginning this holiday season star wars secrets of the empire will allow fans to move freely in an untethered social and multi-sensory experience including interaction with fans friends and Star Wars characters uh at the void we, we combine the magic of illusion advanced technology and virtual reality to create a fully immersive social experience or fully immersive social experiences that take guests to new worlds said Chris Hickman co-founder and creative officer or chief creative officer at the void a truly transformative experience is so much more than what you see with your eyes it's what you hear feel touch and even smell through the power of the void guests who step into star wars Secrets of the Empire won't just see this world they'll know that they are part of this amazing story <clears throat> now at ILMX lab we want people to step inside the worlds of our stories explained Vicky Dobbs Beck executive in charge of ILMX lab through our collaboration with the void we can make we can make this happen as guests become active participants in an unfolding Star Wars adventure by combining Lucasfilm storytelling expertise with cutting edge imagery and immersive sound that will or sound from from the team at Skywalker sound while invoking all the scenes we hope, or excuse me, while invoking all the senses, we hope to truly transport all those who experienced star Wars secrets of the empire to a galaxy far, far away. So we know this is coming holiday season. That's all, but that's all the information they gave for us at this point. This sounds like it's going to be an amazing thing.
1: Well, yeah, it's going it to, it's going cool. to open here in Florida first before it opens in California. That's already been okay. said. Uh, Cause we might, uh, we, we might have it before the holidays. Um, like
2: a kind of dry run or a test run for it. Uh,
1: I'm trying to remember what I heard because um, it was from another another source, which pretty much gave the same press release. Um, and I'm I'm not stumbling because I'm hiding something. I, I'm I'm stumbling because I'm trying to get my thoughts together. But um, I I. Th- I have sworn I read somewhere that they said it was supposed to open in Florida first, following soon after in California. But it is going to be at both places.
2: Okay. So Either way, this is going to be something awesome to check out. Um, well, now this, I'm wondering how they're going to do the reality part of it. Are they going to do kind of like what they were talking about at the resort, where um, every time you look out a window, it's actually looking out onto a view screen somewhere?
1: Quite Or do possibly. you actually
2: get the headset to walk around with?
1: I believe you get the headset based on the site. Uh you can okay. go to the dot com to to see because they they also had Ghostbusters. Uh, they do Ghostbusters somewhere. I forgot where they do it. Oh, wow. But there's also a a Disney... They're also involved with a Disney Accelerator as well. Okay. Um, and like on the site, they have a quote from Time Magazine. These guys basically created a holodeck. I understand mm-hmm. that's yeah. another franchise, which we all... The three of us have no problems with, but yeah. it, it's... We all love... Have love for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I'm wondering
2: like, how long until they actually use this to help um enhance Tron because this would this is basically what you would need for Tron
1: yeah mm. well the, supposedly I haven't been on the ride yet but the flight of the banshees is our flights of passage which is the banshee ride in Avatar is a VR assisted ride oh nice so it, it's getting there um yeah, like I said, yeah. This is thevoid dot com. We'll have it in the show notes. Well, also, uh, where you go at check it at out.
2: The void site here. Next thing that would be cool is um, what's the chances? Of, looking at their site here, um, the future in, of some movie stuff. Well, we know um, Ready Player One already predicts this, but it'd be awesome that um, maybe when, and the, when they ever decide to do like a Tron Three, they release it as a VR movie. That's possible. So you have to have the Oculus Rift or something, and so that you actually to watch the movie, you get you do get sucked into the grid. Huh.
0: Interesting.
1: Well, looking at the trailer for for Ghostbusters, you, you're walking around with the headset on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess the headset's attached to a backpack that helps control everything as well.
2: Oh, well, it looks like it. Yeah, the backpack and everything. It, yeah, this looks like I'm looking at it now. Do you guys ever play Laser Quest? The newer versions of laser tag? No, no, it's this been well. like an augmented reality. Yeah, well, it's been out for the Laser Quest has been out since late '90s. But um, this looks like a combination of laser tag and augmented reality. Okay, where the virtual reality landscape is set up, and you have a blaster like you would in laser tag, except for you're seeing whatever they put in front of you. It's just the walls that you're seeing. On your screen and your helmet are actually there; they just don't look like what you're seeing.
1: Right, that so is you're,
2: awesome looking.
1: So you're you're walking the actual rooms because it's laid out, yeah, just like just like the the video or the VR itself. So you're not just blindly bumping into walls. Hmm. Yeah, um, that's cool. But but looking at some of these other pictures. Like, when they show someone going into a cave, I mean, it's it's still the VR is attached to this backpack, so you're going to put on a backpack of some sort.
2: Yeah. Well, anytime you put a lizard tag, you basically wear your backpack also, because that's where all the sensors and stuff are. And the gun is hooked up to it.
1: So, um, my question is going to be, okay, they're saying Secrets of the Empire, so we're assuming original trilogy with this
2: probably yeah it would have to be yeah because they're showing original trilogy stormtroopers and stuff in the concept art
1: and they're showing k2so yeah so, or, so this could
2: actually be a more rogue one era or that it's well, still
1: originally it's still original yeah. trilogy
0: or yeah what you were saying there Derek? it might not actually be k2so but it's just an imperial droid yeah this is true too some other imperial droid it,
1: it, it's it's definitely gonna be fun um, I'm yeah, afraid any way to, you look at it, this is I'm afraid to know uh, what the price is gonna be <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. well yeah, since, especially since they're not doing it in the park isn't Disney springs and um, downtown Disney those are both outside the park aren't they correct so this is gonna be an add-on attraction yeah I know um laser tag usually you're about eight to ten bucks maybe 12 bucks per session
1: right uh, not bad. well on the on the Void site, uh, what's it have for for their uh The Ghostbusters at Madame Trousseau's is uh, uh, go on. New York. Get tickets, buy tickets.
2: Yeah, they have New York, Dubai, London, and, um, or Toronto and Linton. Oh, Utah. Linton, Utah. That's interesting. That's um, in Salt, Lake, that's in Salt Lake City.
1: Okay. You have to buy, okay, to do the Ghostbusters dimension, you have to buy the Madame Truceau's mission which is the wax museum plus yeah. the marvel 4d cinema and the ghostbusters dimension hyper reality experience 53 bucks
2: that's actually not bad because most museums you're at 25 to 30 bucks to get in anyway oh yeah so, that so puts you at you said 53 so that's another 10 for the um, ghostbusters and 10 for the 4D marvel
1: uh I'm going to say more than that. I'm going to say it's 20 bucks for the for the Ghostbusters. Cuz it's 20 it's 29 bucks for the for just the admission. What they yeah. call the celebrity ticket. Superhero ticket is Madame Trousseau's admission and the Marvel 4D cinema and that's $33. And then you add Ghostbusters it's 53. So I'm going to say it's 20 bucks for the Ghostbusters experience. Yeah. So That's not that, bad really. No. 20 20 bucks. Would be would be worth
2: it. Actually, in Toronto, it's twenty four dollars a person for, okay. that, for every day, all day. Mine. I don't know if that's you can play all day or if it's just um every once, but you can use it all day. I'm not sure. But that's at I'll the say, rec room in Toronto.
1: That's Canadian, so with the conversion, that comes out mm-hmm. to two dollars and eleven cents.
2: Exactly. <laughs> what a deal, eh? <laughs> yeah. Oh jeez. Oh, um, yeah. The other one, well, yeah, you want an American, we have you can go back and do the um, let me see, more locations. We have Linden, Utah, which I'm assuming is right outside of Salt Lake somewhere. Oh, this one's actually asking you what day you want to do it. Oh, t- Saturday, August 5th is already sold out. Wow. Huh. So let me just choose any one thing. Yeah, $25 a person. Okay.
1: Nimpan. So yeah. for, like a
2: fifteen minute experience total because they're they're running it every fifteen minutes so it's probably about a ten minute experience with five five minute changeover
1: possibly now some episode eight news actor John boyega has um he, he, according to comicbook.com, dot com um, he's regularly revealed how excited he is to be a star in the star wars films um Obviously, he's a big fan, uh, especially when he saw his own figure. Who mm-hmm. who who wouldn't be a fan seeing your own figure, your own likeness? So during a recent chat with Entertainment Weekly, however, the the actor revealed there's one thing he's absolutely hated about working with the Last Jedi director Ryan Johnson, and that's his musical taste. Mm-hmm. Um, John Boyega joked, "I have to say, I hate his playlist on his iPhone." He has the country version of every great hip-hop song ever made, and I don't understand where he got that from. It's treachery, it's blasphemous. Apart from that, he's amazing. So, um, despite the musical differences, Oega pointed out that Johnson did bring a unique perspective to the film, even if they might have disagreed on what to listen to between takes. Um, being a different person comes with a different energy, a different perspective, and Ryan definitely has his own unique style. Uh, Ryan's just fun. Ryan's a, is just a fun guy. I have a feeling that he is Santa Claus. I think Santa Claus is a part-time director when it comes when it comes to December. He just grows out the build and the beard and does his thing because he's just so giving. He's so cheerful on set, and he's always and it's always a fun time. <laughs> so, Ken, with some of the movie work you've done, when you have a director like that, it tends to mean things are a little less stressful on set.
2: Yeah, every time I've been on set with the... um, I've never really seen a been with the director that was really, really um, stringent and tight. Everybody's been just fun to work with. So, yeah. The, but, it, but it starts from the top. It, like, it's just like any job anywhere. If the boss is having a good time and relaxed, everybody gets relaxed underneath them a little bit, and everybody yeah. works a little. And also, it goes the other way that everybody works a little bit harder to keep to try to keep that going because they know what. Because everybody's had that job where it's all stressful and it sucks. Mm. So it's like ever. It goes the other way too. You want to do what you can to allow the boss to stay loose. Well, to to.
1: Continue- Continue on about Johnson's unique perspective. Uh, he continues, "What people fail to understand sometimes is that the success of these stories that will stay with us long term is to bring new ideas, is to expand the universe, so we can have new stories, ha- new people, and just different perspective. And and just a different perspective is awesome." Ryan had a chance to really go crazy. And I'm a big Star Wars buff to certain things I saw, and I was like, well, that's a first. And that for me is a really cool experience. So we will see this again, um, December 15th when the movie comes out. And, and hopefully, you know, we, we see that translate to the screen that, you know, the cast have fun and and some of that excitement and some of that, um, I won't say laid back, but the, the comfort. Being amongst each other carries through with the film to make the film more of a a, a smooth watch. So
0: That's the important thing. You want it it to be fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and that's one of the things I liked about J.J. Abrams with The Force Awakens is it flowed nice. Even if it was potentially a Star Wars rehash, it's still telling... It might have been laid out about the same, but it's telling a new story.
2: Yeah, right. And it also, like I said, when it first came out, it was um, it's where they needed to go to be able to move into a new direction. Now, exactly, they needed to start somewhere and say, "Hey, you guys still know you know what this is. We do know how to make Star Wars. Now, let us move on and change some things." But you've seen yeah. that we can do it the way it's always been done.
0: While well, at the same time introducing the new characters,
2: mm-hmm. well, to well,
0: the audience.
1: Yeah. If you if you go back. And I might be stretching on this, but you go back and look at *Phantom Menace*. Realistically, wasn't that also kind of a rehash of *A New Hope* as well? Sorry, *Star parts of Wars*. It
2: definitely were. Yeah, parts of it definitely were. I mean, Anakin
1: getting in the in the N one starfighter and flying through the Trade Federation battle battle station trench run to me.
2: Well, also when um, Qui Gon, the old wizard, shows up and um, takes the boy off to meet his destiny all by himself. Yeah, true. It's it's um, it's the same themes from um, all the way back to mythology that, like the Joseph Campbell type stuff. Right, right. It's, start, it's basically the beginning of a story.
1: So, yeah. Then, if there's another trilogy after this, do I expect it to start off? Yeah. You know, almost have the same Star Wars um, outline for that movie? Yeah, because apparently that's how you start your trilogy. Exactly, right. So, it's what they do with the next two films that sets it apart on its own. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Now, um, that hashtag show.com gave us a story of our first look at Supreme Leader Snoke in the flesh with new Star Wars Last Jedi pics.
2: And I'm surprised these pictures are still up here because they've been pulled down from just about everywhere. Right. Yeah. Um, But that's not the only pictures we get here.
1: We get Luke, and the one shot with Luke, we see him standing on a little, oh, come on. Apple box? Yeah, on that little Apple box. Which I'm, I'm sure could get CG'd out. Well, mm-hmm. um, so these
2: are def- production stills, right? Is just uh, for reference, right?
1: But but we notice he's got a a cane of some sort. Mm-hmm. So we, we you know, we can wonder there.
2: Well, I've heard um, speculation and uh, things from other um, podcasts and such. That's funny that um, what's the chances that maybe because we've never seen his um, the hilt of his green lightsaber. What's the chances he may be hiding it? Maybe like inside of a cane. This is uh, true. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. The other thing uh, I noticed when I just looked at this picture—if you look at the top picture of Luke, there—he's um, tell me that it doesn't look kind of like Galen and Urso's cloak from when he was in the rain.
1: Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Well, reminds me of it. Well, that might be related partially to. Oh no, it won't, it won't fit to the story we have a little later. Um, yeah, we we, we see Ray in her Jedi outfit. Mm-hmm. Or a potential both, Jedi outfit.
2: And both she and Luke have very similar color palettes.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it's very much in the grays. Dark grays, yeah. light grays.
1: So maybe we will of, be getting... Her- Maybe we will be getting the Grey Jedi. Well, you got to
2: remember, in all the, all the other movies, Jedis were in the Earth tones and um, warm warm things like that. The Sith were all in blacks and really, really dark um, charcoals and stuff.
1: Yeah, except for Anakin. Anakin had, yes, a, a dark chocolate brown, but he I think he was the only one wearing a black. Right. Well, yeah. yeah.
2: He was also uh, the only one that fell in that movie.
1: True. <laughs> Now, the the picture of Boyega and his outfit, uh, to me, very Han Solo-esque. Yeah, I
2: was just yeah. thinking that. The costume's almost identical to what he had in The Force Awakens, except for the new blaster.
1: Right. Yes. Um, of course, Kylo <laughs> Ren <laughs> sure. is the same.
2: I have something with Kylo Ren though. I was wondering because um, Ryan Johnson supposedly there's a big controversy about them moving the scar from the center of his face to the side and stuff, right? Yeah. What's the chance that Johnson may have been looking at, look to the prequels? Where was Anakin's scar?
1: To the Anakin to the right. Had a
2: scar across this one eye.
1: Well, we'll, well, on the right at, side. Look at look where uh, Kylo
2: Ren's scar is now.
1: We'll look at Luke's, hey, and y'all know yeah, the story.
2: Really wasn't put in. Yeah, the, that was um, not that wasn't put in there by the movie.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> that was done because of a car accident he was in? Yes. Before the movie started. They tried started.
2: to hide it as best as they could.
1: And until no, but, but I that, thought it was that, done
2: by a wampa attack.
1: That was the <laughs> that was the explanation to justify it for the movie.
2: But it's but you got to remember in the entire first movie what was Kylo's goal? He was trying to do everything he could to be as close to um, Darth Vader as possible. Right. Maybe this was something that Ryan Johnson put in there to say, "Hey, let's move him a little bit closer to Vader and gave him the give him the same first scar."
1: Yeah. Now we, we, we see an improved phasma armor, it looks like. It looks slightly different from the movie. And I'll tell you, I saw on either Facebook or Twitter, someone was complaining, well, that's not feminine armor. And then they showed a picture of, of Christy and her armor from Game of Thrones. They go, oh, really? Um, hmm. She doesn't have it here either. And mm-hmm. you don't seem to complain about it. So, what is feminine armor? <laughs>
2: well, they they're looking what it is. These are the people that are looking for the women's armor to make it look like they're women underneath.
1: Right. They they they're they're looking for the more pronounced boob cups. Mhm. That's mm-hmm. the best way to put it. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um I was trying now, to go around that a little bit.
1: <laughs> now the the next picture they they show of the um, the oh, Snoke's guard.
2: Called they actually, the, no, no the, these ones um, are being called the Praetorian guard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it lo- everybody's assuming this is Snoke's w- version of the royal guard.
1: I, I like the armor. I mean, it, it's it's even more um, samurai esque. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm I'm really digging it.
2: The weapons they're using is kind of cool.
1: Yeah, wicked cool.
2: That, um, Halbert, in the beginning, it just looks vicious.
1: Now, with Snoke, the question comes down to does this give us who he could potentially be? That I, I, I'm still hearing speculation that it's, it's potentially Ezra.
2: Possibly. I'm looking at this, and I'm still almost seeing a moon in there, but I don't think so. It looks like it is. He was human at one point, but there's enough scarring on here that it could be anybody at this yeah. point.
0: Yeah. Well, he got messed up, though, huh?
2: Yeah. We got to look what what the Emperor looked like after Mace Windu was done with him. Yeah. It wasn't true. quite this bad, but. Yeah. <laughs> now that But that also wonders, is Snoke a force user or a dark force user? Right. Nothing we've seen that says one way or the other at this point. Nope. Right. Other than the fact that he knows about the Force and he's helping train Kylo Ren. Well,
1: at the moment, we know the only true Jedi or person who could potentially be Sith is Luke. Everyone else just appears to be Force users, like Maz Kanata yeah. like um, Ray, well, like Ky- Kylo,
2: technically Kylo Ren. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah. Well, I, I will say I know someone who this is not. <laughs> it's not Clint <laughs> Howard. No, because
0: Clint Howard is not going to be in this movie. However, Clint Howard, one of the greatest actors of all time. That's right, I said it. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly one of the most prolific. Um, Cameos. Yes, cameos in small parts. Good character, Uh actor. Um, He's going to be joining the Star Wars universe. Uh, Now, if you'll recall, recently there was a whole thing... Going on with the Han Solo movie about them losing uh, Christopher Miller and Phil Lord, who got fired, uh, and Ron Howard got hired as the director. So, oftentimes, with Ron Howard, you also get Clint Howard. No. And, uh... <laughs> and, uh... In a recent uh, Twitter interaction on August 2nd, Ron Howard tweeted out, droids help make the galaxy go round, but I find they don't always listen to the director. Hashtag untitled Han Solo movie. And then uh, someone replied and said, please tell me you have a role for Clint. To which Ron Howard replied, you won't be disappointed. (laughs)
2: Oh, oh, wait, wait. Are you saying directors sometimes hire their friends and family? Yeah, I'm I'm looking at you, J.J. Greg Grunberg. (laughs) How How many J.J. Abrams projects has greg grunberg worked on Mm.
0: so he doesn't specify what role clint will have but i'm sure it will be uh quite fun and entertaining uh he did however tell heat vision in an interview that the movie was coming along great uh it's a fantastic script a great cast, and I'm having a fantastic creative experience with it. It's a great young cast, incredibly strong, smart, funny people who love their characters and love being a part of this. I think we'll be able to do something that is a lot of fun.
1: And the response back to him was this time you have gone too far.
0: (laughs) I didn't actually at first I didn't think of it, but after seeing this, I'm kind of glad that he's going to have a a role for Clint Howard because um, we know he's been in uh, um, other franchises and uh it's always fun to see him for me anyway
1: yeah
2: i actually hey, kind of met him in passing once too cool. it, oh really it,
1: it's it's like with him sort of like um oh the character from wkrp in cincinnati
2: oh less wow. nesman
0: less Nessman. yeah
1: where's the band-aid where's clint howard yeah <laughs> And the funny thing is, it goes with with Clint. It goes back to he was in Andy Griffith. He had a cameo in in Happy Days. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's nothing new for the two of them to work together.
0: Yeah, and I mean, and also if you look over his his uh, list of movies that he's been in, it's just uh, not just movies, but everything that he's done. Has parts in it. It's just an amazing list
1: of stuff. It really is. Well, was it Weeby Geeks we we said yep. that he was in three generations of Star Trek? Yep. He was in the original series. He was in we said what? Deep Space Nine? I believe so, yeah. And he was in Enterprise. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if he'll also be in the uh Discovery there. Well,
0: let's not break the chain.
1: Let's get it going. Yeah, really.
0: Unless he's too busy doing the Han Solo movie. But hey, you know,
1: <laughs> This is true to me. You.
0: Now, the the other question is, will Clint Howard be Clint Howard in the movie, or will he be some kind of creature? or Like Simon Pegg? Are,
2: yeah, are we going to recognize him as Clint yeah. Howard? Or? Well, they, yeah, we'll it, give, they'll give him a cameo, like you said, like Simon Pegg or like what um, Warwick Davis gets now.
1: Yeah. The, 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 the question will be, will the, character, will, will the alien creature be Clint Howard-esque in Look? Right. So you're just going... There's Clint Howard. (laughs)
2: <laughs> That's him. I know it. <laughs> well, the, speaking of that, I believe they um they did also confirm Warwick Davis is in this somewhere too now. Yes, yeah. I did hear. Which that, is not yeah. a surprise, but
1: <laughs> it's it's almost like well, he, wasn't he supposedly in Force Awakens? Or Ro- well, he was in Rogue he, One. He,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in Force Awakens also. Yep.
1: So he was in Maz's Castle. Okay. So there.
2: Instead of Where's Waldo, you had to play Where's Work. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot
0: of Where's games we can play in there. Where's (laughs) Where's Clint? Where's Batman? Sorry. I want to (laughs) know. (laughs) <laughs> I want to know where is the soundtrack for the Han Solo movie because
2: oh, we know where it's coming from.
0: We know where it's coming from. Uh, they recently hired composer John Powell to score the Han Solo movie. Uh, Powell is largely known for his work on animated movies, including Shrek, Kung Fu Panda, and Kung Fu Panda. He was nominated for an Oscar for 2010's How to Train Your Dragon. His recent credits include the film sequel, as well as Jason Bourne and the upcoming Fox animated feature for Ferdinand, you will be just the third composer to score Star Wars. Hmm. I wonder who. Is Wait, are we, ta- are
2: we not Are we not counting Clone Wars or Rebels or the Ewok no. Adventures? Apparently no, this, not.
0: It's, it says to score a Star Wars live-action film.
2: Okay, He's just the third. Well, the Ewok Adventures were live-action films.
1: <laughs> Made for TV.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: uh, I'll have to go back and check some of his stuff to see.
2: Yeah, I'm looking him up right now on IMDb to see what else he's got other than what they mentioned here. A
0: lot of animated stuff, which is interesting. Um, to be honest, I'm a little disappointed that they're not going to go with, uh, Randy Newman, but, uh,. <laughs>
2: That's, that's <laughs> a joke, people. That's a joke. It also a, send I emails. A Randy Newman actually wrote some great stuff.
1: Yeah, S- Send emails to Derek at...
2: <laughs> Go right ahead. Um, actually, they were... Oh, yeah, he's got all kinds of animation. Yeah.
0: I don't know if you guys remember uh, Mad TV back in the day. Um, the sketch comedy show.
1: Dude. Starring Geek's guest Phil Lamar.
0: That's right. And there was a when the pre the prequels were coming out, there was a sketch that uh, one of the great actors, Will Sasso, did, where he played Randy Newman yeah. scoring the Star Wars, the new Star Wars movie. Ah, oh, that was that's one of my all time favorite sketches. It was so <laughs> hilarious. Yes, that,
1: that was that was pretty awesome.
2: Wow, this guy's film credits are all over the place. Really, lots yeah. of animation, lots of action, lots of drama. Oh wow. I mean everything cool. from he he did X-Men the last stand um well. all, almost all the ice age stuff huh. uh the board ultimatum mm. ps i love you jumper um a lot of the doctor seuss stuff like horton here's a Who, um hancock bolt huh. oh he hancock was he a is great all soundtrack over the place, uh night and day hmm. cool uh so yeah he can do, he's got a very wide range of different things he's done yeah well he goes all the way back he did face off back in 97
1: and that was another oh, wow. great soundtrack
2: that was that was the first big movie he did
1: that was in
0: 97. Geez.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: All
1: right. Well, think about this. Uh, it's been 20 years since Fifth Element. Yeah. Since we're talking yeah. sci-fi. Wow. Uh, now I feel old.
2: <laughs>
1: we are old. <laughs> That's why we do this show. Pretty much. To, to feel old some more.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, we get to reminisce.
0: That's why yeah. on, uh, on my, my other show, Keepers of the Fringe, I'm always having brain farts.
2: Oh, I do it too over well, on um, DC. <laughs>
0: you, just, <laughs> you just all of a sudden forget everything. You're like, oh. <laughs> ah, well, it's my programming. <laughs> That's right, or lack uh, thereof. I want to stick with that one.
1: <laughs> um, so let's move on to some news that came out, uh, what, in the last – well, they said today at the time of this recording. Um, but this has been banter for – at least a month or at least in celebration or more at least least in celebration celebration. because I want to say we've talked about this briefly before but
2: it's back again yeah I think we did about speculation but this looks like it's actually getting a lot closer to reality yeah um now, this is, of course, the story we're talking about is everybody remembers the scene from Return of the Jedi where um, Han runs around the side of the bunker the Stormtrooper's following him and there's the whole squad of troopers there. Well, the guy dead center in the front is this, re- this old dude with a white beard. Um, basically, he's leading the charge, it looks like. Well, speculation has been around for a while and Dave Filoni kind of hinted at that that could actually be Captain Rex from the Clone Wars and from Rebels. Well, it's looking like it's getting closer to actual reality. Um, now, this the question of whether or not that is Rex, has been answered via this tweet from Rebels writer Steve Melching showing us the look of the Season 4 character model that has been designed for Captain Rex. And it looks just like that Endor gray-bearded trooper. And the character uh, the model for this is called Wolf, and it's clone trooper Rex B. So it looks like as of, um, for the Clone Wars, or yeah, Clone Wars, for Rebels Season 4, Rex is gonna look like that trooper. Hopefully making it it official, putting it to bed that Rex does make it to uh, Return of the Jedi. That That is awesome with
1: Hera. But you got to remember too, um, Commander Wolf and the Wolf Pack, his troops. That was a Filoni thing. That yeah. was that was done to be Filoni's troops. Yeah, well, that was that was, also, that that was, was his um,
2: the original version. That was also the original version of the five hundred first. Because remember, um, in the, the Star Wars, now they were ga- given the name Vader's Fist in the expanded universe. But right. the original version of the five hundred first Legion was the Wolf Pack. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. um, was Wolf um, Anakin's direct um, trooper, and that was the squad he commanded. Was the five hundred first Wolf Pack? I believe that was Anakin's. Um, so, yeah. command. So that when he becomes Vader, he still gets the five hundred first, but it becomes Vader's Fist.
1: Right. right. Well, I know. With Clone Wars, when we see Wolf, I forgot who he's with, but that was done essentially for Felony. That's oh, why yeah. you see Felony wear of all the different squad insignias, he wears the Wolfpack logo the most.
2: Well, that's why also he started his own little um, club of the Dave Wolf Wolfpack. Yeah, <laughs> it's got what six or seven members in it now. Yes, something like that. I like the uh, couple of um, slight regulations he put on there. Stuff like you cannot be a, um you cannot work for Luke film and be chosen to be part of the wolf pack yeah so it's fun but yeah this looks like um we're finally going to get confirmation of this um so that means that we know of at least three characters that survive season four of the clone wars because hera is going to be on um forces of destiny and she's already been in the lego freemaker adventures now the freemaker adventures are not canon but i guess the way they're treating it is any character that is actually in the freemaker adventures is a character that um the story group has said yes they do exist in that at that time in the timeline
1: Right. Well, we know Sabine. No.
2: We don't know that yet because we don't to, uh, know when the Leia thing with Sabine is for Forces of Destiny. We know Hera is, makes it to it, Endor at least because in Forces of Destiny, we're going to be getting an episode of Hera and Leia with the Ewoks. Yeah. So as far as I know, there's only the, those three characters that we know make it. We know the ghost makes it because it makes it to Rogue One at least. Chopper's in Rogue One. And so is um, General comes over the com. Right. And then now we're going to see Rex is here. So who else gets to make it out of this season alive? This is true. Everybody assumes that Kanan and Ezra are not going to make it, but what's the chance that the two of them, something at the end, they walk away from um, Jedi being Jedi? Wouldn't not it unlike what did at the end of the Clone Wars.
1: Yep. Uh, I'm trying to see if they show anything more. Uh, now, in October, we're going to get two more episodes. One's called The Newest Recruit, and the other one's called Tracker Trouble.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I thought October we're supposed to get eight more episodes. This is a total well, right of 16. Now-
1: Right, right now, they're only listing two more that have yeah. officially been announced. And this episode takes place during Rebels. Okay. Uh, that's the newest recruit. Um, Tracker Trouble takes place during uh, Episode 7. So that's where we go from there. I was trying to see if there was any information on the others, and there's not. So um, so what do you all think? Is it right? I mean, they say it's Rex. I know it's been rumor, speculation, fan theory for a long time. um, Especially since we see Rex show back up in Rebels and his look, they're going, "Oh, that's the old guy on indoor." I say yes.
2: I like the idea of it. It's obviously reckoning yeah. the, the um, guy, but I like the idea that Rex would have still made it. I mean, if he made it all the way to um, to the Rebel series, why not let him keep going and um, fight the good yeah. fight all the way to the end? Right. And actually, if anything else, put it in there somewhere that he actually, if you're going to do something like a death of Rex, let him die on Endor, the hero's death. Maybe he died yeah. during that battle of Endor.
1: Yeah, Maybe he was eaten by Ewoks. <laughs> well,
2: that's a possibility, too.
1: Yep, no, hey, just
2: Ewoks, meat is meat. They don't care what it, where it came from.
1: I'm just saying. Just just so, Yeah. Um, we also had other other news.
2: Yeah, this is a very uh, news-heavy show today this week.
0: Yeah, yeah. apparently. <laughs> All right. So, everybody start. Hit your panic buttons because Episode 9 is getting a new writer.
2: So no. I'll, get,
0: I'll give everybody a moment to freak out. Oh, no. He's oh, it's, it's, it's in Expert, turmoil. No. going to be... <laughs>
2: The sky is falling. The sky is falling.
0: <laughs> that <laughs> smells
2: stinker whiff. You so, said it, Jar Jar. <laughs> Call Wazy! Are we done now? <laughs> <laughs> so until you start talking
0: uh, it, on a, in an article from the Hollywood Reporter uh, it says Carl, Colin Trevorrow is directing the movie which is eyeing a January 2018 start date that's cool uh, but episode 9 is getting a rewrite Jack Thorne the British scribe who wrote the upcoming Julia Roberts Jacob Tremblay movie Wonder has been tapped I almost said Wonder Woman <laughs> has been tapped <laughs> to star <laughs> <laughs> has been tapp- Tap to to work on the Star Wars installment. That is to be directed by Clevin... Clevin? Colin Trevorrow. Uh, Trevorrow and his writing partner, Derek Connolly, have been working on the script, but sources say a fresh set of eyes was needed. It is unclear how extensive the rewrites will be. Uh, Ryan Johnson wrote and directed The Last Jedi, the eighth installment of the sci-fi series that opens December 15th. Well, we know that. Why'd you tell us? Uh, 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 Everybody expected to return, but You never know who a Star Wars movie may kill off. So don't get too comfortable. Eh.
2: Great kid. Don't get cocky.
0: <laughs> the movie is scheduled to release on May twenty fourth, twenty nineteen. Uh, Thorn is See, the creator. Right. Right. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Is- keep going. That's right. Thorn is the creator or co creator of several British television shows, dramas, and thrillers, including The Fades, The Cast Off, The Last Panthers, and National Treasure.
1: Okay. Well, speaking of writers,
2: uh- well, hang on a second, because okay. last I heard, um, I thought Ryan Johnson was supposed to be writing, directing Episode Eight, and writing Episode Nine. Did not say that there. It said uh, Trevor You're was writing. In, I could have swore Ryan Johnson was supposed to be originally writing this.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I don't think so. Okay. I think it was being considered, but it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But
2: the bad jow-o-juicer.
1: Speaking of writers, well, we we've talked about Karen Gillian's coming to take over the Star Wars title uh, starting with Episode Thirty Eight. Yeah. And um, for those. Who are keeping track. Issue thirty four is gonna be Han Solo and Hoth gear action figure variant. Thirty five is gonna be the Ugnot action figure variant. And Key two SO is gonna be a John Tyler Christopher website exclusive. I don't know anybody be, who would be keeping track of that. And it's gonna be Key two SO for the um uh, Cassian K2SO one-shot.
2: So when are we going to see the um, the action figure variant of just 3PO's red arm? Just the red arm or him with the red arm? <laughs> Either way, but I, li- I like the idea of just the red arm in a package. And then it, you got to delay that figure cover for about a year, and then finally you get it. <laughs> and then it's it's packaged, so it's giving everybody the finger. Exactly.
1: So, so what are you trying to say? <laughs> I think that's all that needs
2: to be said. <laughs> exactly
1: <laughs> well um, Gillian and artist Salvador La Roca will take over uh, this fall and this, the events will take place after the original movie but before Empire Strikes Back kind of what they've been doing now uh, in Gillian's run though the heroic trio will will first will, will visit Jeddah, the, the moon that was destroyed following Jen's reunion with Saul Guerrero Um, while speaking with ABC News, Gillian explained, Luke took a million to one shot, blowing up the Death Star. But he didn't realize, in a very real way, how many people died to let him take that shot. And that's a really inspiring thing. That's going to drive him harder than ever. Um... At one point, uh, the stage is set for Luke to have a passionate, emotional connection with those who gave their lives to bring down the Death Star. Uh, Gillian reveals we basically get a Rogue One Star Wars intersection because I really want to see Luke respond to discovering people like Jen discovering people who led him being able to take the shot on the Death Star. Luke is desperately seeking the Force and, of course, is one of the holiest cities in the universe and it has been blown up, Gillian points out. The key image, which, Derek, you said before show that you loved, was the key image is Luke standing in the hole where the Death Star blew it up. All right. So um, to continue on with his quotes, for me, that was one of the things I completely got when I watched Rogue One. It's like, I wonder what Luke and Leia make of this, he said, uh, talking about you know, Luke having an appreciation for those who came before him and Leia having witnessed the destruction of Alderaan because you know she was looking for love in Alderaan places. <clears throat> okay.
0: Cue the crickets.
2: I don't have them queued up because I'm 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 reading here. We're trying to read here. Yeah, Mike. The kids are already in bed. We don't need any more dad jokes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Chewy thought they were funny.
2: Laugh it up, Buzzball. (laughs) Laugh it up,
1: Fuzzball. So um, that's where we have that with Karen Gillian. So he's. While still progressing between Star Wars and Empire, which is kind of what we got quite a bit after, you know, in the original Marvel run. Um, but yeah. now everything's canon. Um, I think it's cool that now that we're starting to get more of these in-between movies that aren't episodics, aren't trilogies, that they get to go back and, and look at the destruction that took place beforehand. I like it, I'm pretty interested in reading that So um, I think that's going to wrap it up for us this week A lot of news Oh yeah It was a good week <laughs> Yeah So basically what what do we get out of this? There's no Jeddah like a dead Jetta No, maybe not <laughs> Where's that three PO
0: giving the finger? <laughs>
1: you'll you'll get it in two years. You
2: don't have to pay five ninety nine for it. Well, on, fr- for a on,
1: f- on free Comic Book Day, yeah, yeah. So, um, any final thoughts? Any- anything?
2: No, I think we covered it for this week. For me,
1: yeah, I think we got everything. Yeah a lot there and um i I just don't know where to go so only one thing left to be said i don't know fly casual
2: (laughs) give the evacuation code signal all right cut the chatter i can hold it
1: pull up no i'm all right Placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've
0: lost R2!